Amen, amen. This is the day that the Lord has made and we shall rejoice and be glad in it. My name is Pastor Tony Knight. I bring you greetings live from Christ Community Church of Vineland, New Jersey. Hey, hey, we are saving souls and changing lives. Amen. Woo. I tell you, we've been on a very interesting series and I, I pray that it's been very beneficial to you. And you could really never stop a series like this because uh, your entire battle is right here. Your entire title battle through life is right here. And you can never get enough good positive information to help you move forward in life so that you are um, safe and that you're prepared for warfare. And you can still make the right choices so that it does not infect you all right but you uh, you become effective individual in life amen so we just want to continue to stay with this series and i don't know tonight might be the last one i'm not sure but we'll find out and remember our topic is the one who controls the mind controls the body right the one who controls the mind controls the body. Hey, Jerry Nelson. Thanks for chiming in, buddy. I see your name popped up. Appreciate you, buddy. Hope, you, hope you're enjoying your, I believe, retirement, right? Hope you're enjoying it. All right. Listen, we're still going to go right back to the uh, book of 2 Corinthians chapter 10. 2 Corinthians chapter 10. Well, let's pray. Father, we thank you, Lord God. You are our Lord, Savior, and Master of our lives. You are everything to us, Lord God. And we thank you, Father, for allowing us to be able to have the services, Lord God, to help glorify your name, to help point people to you, Lord God, so that they see there's hope, there's deliverance, there's assurance, and reassurance and serving you, Lord God, and comfort and peace and joy and love and tranquility. Just thank you for all of that. And then some, Father, for you tell us if we seek ye first the kingdom of God and your righteousness, that all these things shall be added unto you. And Father, I thank you, Lord God. And Lord, I thank you for a fresh anointing to bring forth your word on this evening father i pray lord that i decrease lord and you increase in me father you will speak to me lord god and uh, give me the words to give to your people lord god i love you and i thank you once again for every single individual that continuously chimes into these services each and every week lord god i i thank you father for meeting all their needs according to your riches and glory, Father, and then give blessing them with the desires of their heart, Lord. And we love you and we honor you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Oh, whew, excuse me, I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, boy. All right, we're going to go right back to 2 Corinthians, all right, chapter 10. And verse number one, now I, Paul, myself, am pleading with you by the meekness and gentleness of Christ, who in presence am lowly among you, but being absent and bold toward you. But I beg you that when I am present, 
may not be bold with the confidence by which I intend to be bold against some who think of us as if we walked according to the flesh. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war against the flesh, excuse me, war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down evil imaginations or arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Not some thoughts, every single thought. Excuse me, you guys. Sorry about that. Eyes are burning a little bit. And being ready to punish all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. You got work to do. Don't think that you can just sit around and you pray to God and do nothing for him to solve your problems. And you just sit there and wait and go on about your life and, and do absolutely nothing. Let me go back to verse 5. Where it says, bringing every thought into captivity of the obedience of Christ. Every thought. You got to bring every thought into captivity. You have to do that. It's not going to happen if you don't put in the work. I know I say that a lot, but I have to. I have to drive that home because too many people think you just chill out. That I don't have to do nothing. And, and, and I just pray about it. I believe God. Oh, well, I'm done. I'll just wait for him to do it. Since when does good relationships go one way? Since when? You team up with God. Amen. You team up with him. And good relationships work hand in hand. All right. You just don't put everything on the one individual and expect to do nothing. You will never have any good success in relationships, no matter who you hook up with. We practice with each other, all right? So it should make it easier when we do it right to serve God. But because society has been distorted so much and so many bad habits have been developed and uh, learned bad behavior that People stay in a confused position. People stay in a confused condition. And why? Because the other ones around them are confused. And everybody has all these ideas of how to do and what to do. And how many of them go and consult the word of God? which is what we are supposed to be guiding our lives through. And I guarantee your problems and everything will be under control because why? You're bringing every thought into captivity. Every thought. And listen, your mind can be so boggled down with so much mess, it'll keep you up at night. It'll wake you up in the middle of the night and you know you need a good night's rest. And then all of a sudden, bam, <whistles> stressed, worried, concerned, 
Why am I not doing what I should be doing? And how come I'm not at where I feel as though I should be at this point in my life? Or how come I'm not able to get it together? Those are all thoughts. Those are all thoughts. And if you think that the word of God is not usable in every thought, every area of your life, then you are um, you you need to you need to step your game up because that is definitely far from the truth. You need the word of God in every situation. You know Proverbs three five and six, right? Uh, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. Don't do it. Just don't lean to your own understanding. In all of your ways, acknowledge God, and He shall direct your path. So if he shall direct your path, that means you have to do something, right? As well as trusting in him. So the more that you do that, the easier life, the more manageable life becomes to you. And when situations come up, they're not as big as they appear to be. Because you handle them correctly, now you just keep doing what you're supposed to do, which is to stay in a righteousness position so that God gets the glory out of your life, in your life, and through your life. And your light shines and people see your good works in God, all right, through the word of God, and they'll glorify your father in heaven. That is your witness. That is how you witness to people, by the love that is being uh, illuminated through your, your walk in Christ. That's how you win people. People see the work you're putting in. See, you don't have to talk about it, all right, uh, uh, you, you know, all the time. Let them see you. Let them see you doing what you're supposed to do. But if you don't get this mind right here to where though that you control the thoughts and how the Bible says, let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus. Uh, I was talking with a, a person today and they had really been a, 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 um, a, a tremendous influence in my life. Um, I've always respected this individual. Um, of course, I won't give you no names. Uh, they always treated their spouse really good, great provider to to his to their family. Um, always maintain uh, integrity. And I seen this person today, and and they're they're so frustrated with life, and they're frustrated because their their, their spouse is mean. They're frustrated because their spouse is mean. And again, I don't put names out there, okay? And uh, But I will just put the situation out there because a lot of people run across this. Listen, you didn't, I hope with the person that you hooked up with, that you didn't hook up on, on mean terms. You, you know, where that's all you do with your relationship is just be mean. Why would a person be so mean? Because that's what's in their mind. And they allow it to get into their heart and it comes out of their mouth and in their actions. And, but yet you still have your mate that's supplying a, um, a home for you and finances and I mean everything that you need and then some. And, and you think the, the best way to be to your mate is to be nasty and mean and hateful. 
to the point where they don't know what else to do. You, you've made them frustrated and they look at God differently. It's like, when are you going to answer my prayers, God? Well, let me tell you about that, that spirit called long suffering, the fruit of the spirit. You go through, remember we talked about that. You not only go through for yourself, you go through for others and you suffer. Oh, you suffer through that thing. But you should be changing spiritually and mentally. You should be changing so those things don't affect you anymore. And it causes the other individual to grow up. That they see that those things don't work anymore. Because you've grown up. And it helps them to grow up. And I, I know it could be frustrating because a lot of times... You get people that think they're never wrong. They're always right. And they hate to be pointed out if, when they're wrong. They hate that. And listen, the word of God is always here to correct us. So guess what? Yes, we are wrong a lot of times. Yes, we are. And if we're not getting the word of God in us to help correct us, then you put yourself in a position to be abusive. And good solid relationships don't build well off of abuse. You you actually show people what not to do. You show people that. And some people have been developed off of poor relationships and abuse so long that they think that's so normal that they always look for that in individuals. They think that their motives are always wrong instead of just being nice. And it's sad that when you get people that always look for wrong and they don't know how to turn that off and just look for the good in people. How about you just love and respect people? That's why God says, love the Lord God with all your heart, soul, and mind and love your neighbor as yourself. He didn't tell you to look for wrong in them because when you stay in a spiritual position, what's going to happen here is that spirit that's in the individual's is going to jump out at you and you're going to see and know how to deal with the individual. So you don't have to look for something in the person that God's going to reveal to you anyway when you stay in the upright position in him. Does that make sense? Because what happens here is you, you spend too much energy working the negative when you should always be working the positive. Does that make sense to you? I believe, listen, I didn't plan on talking about this tonight. So I, I know it's helping somebody because people have a lot of problems with relationships and, and you could be doing the right things, but your mouth could be jamming you up. Your mouth could be just putting you in a position where no one wants to be around you. No, listen, we used to say when I was a kid, sticks and stones may break my bones, but names will never hurt me. Well, that's a half truth. Sticks and stones will break your bones. Names hurt what much worse. Much worse, and they last for years. They last for years. And I, I had a guy that we became Facebook friends, I guess, about a year and a half, two years ago. And and I haven't seen him. We, we went through elementary school and everything together. And I haven't seen him in, God knows, in a long time. 
And when we became Facebook friends, we, we talked to each other. And he said, you know, you did something to me in high school. I said, I did? <laughs> he said, in school. I said, oh. I said, well, whatever it is, please forgive me because I sure don't remember. And I apologize. And, you know, we're good friends to this day. And I, I chalked that up to immaturity and, and dumbness on my part. Um, but I'm glad that I was able to reconcile a problem that I didn't even know that was there. See, a lot of times you do things and listen, God said he'll restore. He'll allow your enemies to be at peace with you. I'm glad that there was peace bought amongst us, you know, um, and it all comes with serving God. You never know how God is going to direct your life, but please let him do it. But you got to stay in a righteous position because listen, I can talk about and preach other things and, and, and to get you excited and all that. But listen, what good is all that if I'm not giving you some meat that's going to help your life change for the better? And, you, and you're managing your life so much better. Do you know the people that love to be in position to just manage their lives where it's peaceful and everything is in order? That is very doable through the word of God. Very doable. And listen, you could be making great money and financially you're in good position. But mentally, your home is a wreck and your life is a wreck. The Bible says, above all, I wish that you prosper and be in good health just as your soul prospers. God wants all of this to prosper spiritually, physically, spiritual, physically, and financially. He wants all that to prosper at the same time so that it's, it's a level playing field at all times. I never did like to play baseball or basketball or football on a hill. And it's all uneven and bumpy and lumpy, all that. Nah, nah, nah. Nice and smoothed out and nice green grass. And you don't have to worry about holes and all that. Listen, even playing field, folks. That's how you pave the way through your life. You are literally an asphalt truck is is ahead of you, which I call it the word of God, and it's paving away. The bulldozer and everything, you're paving away wherever you go because why? You are pioneering your life, your own life, through the words that come out of your mouth. And listen, what's coming out of your mouth starts right in here. Starts right in here to get into your heart because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Amen. All right, now let's turn right to uh, where we left off, 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 13. You don't, you don't have to go far, what, a couple pages? Maybe two pages. Isn't that nice? Listen, that's for somebody. I know if it's not for you, it's for me. I'll take all that information because I want to do better in Christ. I want to be a better man in the body of Christ. I want to be a better husband, a better father, a better neighbor, a better brother, a better uncle, better papa, better pastor, the best pastor. I, I expect to be the best pastor in the world and, um, and everything else the best. Amen. All right. Second Corinthians chapter 13. Let's start at verse number one. Okay. And I gave you all the definitions of absent is the word that we were dealing that we're dealing with out of verse number two and second Corinthians chapter ten, verse number two. Remember, we're dealing with the word absent. Okay, and we did say that the Greek meaning of that, all right, 
We talked about it as a noun at first when we dealt with it, and I did. You know, I might as well spell it to you. The Greek word is a p o u s i a. All right, aposia, aposia. All right, and that means um, a being away from. And then now, remember when we talked about on Sunday, we had we had cranked that up to the other Greek meaning. All right, and now this one, this is when this becomes a verb. So action, it more action is required in this, and the Greek word is a p e i m i apomi. Okay, and that means to be absent. To be absent. All right. Now, and then we did to, we did bring you up to speed to why that is. Well, let's talk about that some more. All right. Now, 2 Corinthians chapter 13, starting at verse 1. This will be the third time I am coming to you. By the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word shall be established. Now, let me pause right there. Say lie for a moment. Now, every word out of the mouth of two or three, God will always confirm his word to you. Always confirmation you never know where it's going to come from you never know but it'll click oh it will click in you and say hmm thank you lord so he always confirms it see god has a way of letting you know that he is who he say he is but if you never tap into it you'll never know <laughs> and he's talking more to you than what you think all right verse two I have told you before and foretell as if I were present the second time and now being absent, I write to those who have sinned before and to all the rest that if I come again, I will not spare. Well, let's read some more. Verse three, since ye seek a proof of Christ speaking in me, who is not weak toward you, but mighty in you, mighty in you. See, you invite Christ in your heart, right? Then you start getting the word, which is that confession we make at the end of every service. All right. Then you start reading the word of God or listening to it. All right. However you do it on a daily basis. All right. You're getting it in here. All right. Through your ear gate your eye gate, and your brain is pushing out old data. It's pushing it out. It's getting all that old mess out, and you're putting in new data. And the more that you practice those words coming out of your mouth, instead of cussing and fussing and complaining, you start speaking more positive things out of your life. Because listen, then all of a sudden, you start seeing proof that Christ is living in you. And not trying to impress your 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 buddies. All right, okay. Um, verse four. For th for though he was crucified in weakness, yet he lives by the power of God. For we also are weak in him, but we shall live with him by the power of God toward you. Now check this out. How do we? How do we know these things? How do we get in that position? Just what I shared. 
You got to get the word of God in you and you got to exercise it because your mind is not going to want to do it. Last week, I had something that popped up in my life that I did not like. And I did not want to go to the Bible. I did not want to pray about it. I didn't want to hear nothing about Jesus. Nothing. Yeah, Pastor Knight. Don't think that we don't all have struggles now and trials. So what I had to do was turn on some good Christian music, right? And start singing some songs of praise to help produce joy in my mind and in my heart. The Bible says he inhabits the praises of his people and the joy of the Lord is my strength. That's where we get strength from. So the more, and just so happened, the songs that were playing on uh, on um, on the radio station, all, all those songs were pertaining to what I needed at the time. See, God said he'll never leave you nor forsake you. And those songs helped encourage me to the point where I was able to give enough praise to lift the spirit of heaviness off of me. Nobody else could do that for me. I had to do that myself. So when Christ is absent, even though he's not here physically, spiritually, he's here with you. So you see how this becomes more of a verb, all right? Um, because he's absent and, and God is, and he's in me. And I started singing those songs because I had to uh, turn on the uh the stereo or whatever you want to call it in my mind and and start singing those songs and and letting somebody else sing that's why it's important to be anointed in whatever area of gifting you are and be the best in that because you have no idea who you are affecting when you're living right for the lord no idea but you got to stay the course with it you got to keep it moving or you're in trouble you hear me if you don't, you're in trouble. Listen, God inhabits the praises of his people. The spirit of, listen, he gives you the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. And when that spirit is gone, it's just gone. And I felt so much better, but I knew that that was a test for me that I had to pass. You're no different. None of us are exempt from that. Okay, let's read verse five. Examine yourself. As to whatever, excuse me, as to whether you are in the faith, test yourselves. Do you not know yourselves that Jesus Christ is in you? Unless indeed you are disqualified, but I trust that you will know that we are not disqualified. Sometimes you can do something in your life and think that God wants nothing else to do with you. That's not true. That is not true. The Bible says in Romans 3 and 23, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. All of us. And, and may Pastor Knight go first in, in line first. Listen, I still have sins. I still fall short. Listen, God has no respect of person. All right. I'm just operating in my area of gifting as a pastor, but I still have faults and I still have to work on those things. I still have to examine myself, not you. I'm not examining you because that's not my business. That's between you and God. What's going on? 
I can see the fault in you. And believe me, I'm praying for you. I may not tell you, but I'm praying for you that God will show you and deliver you from that and that you see the work that you need to do in those areas because no one knows better than you. Amen. That's why you examine yourself. Quit trying to correct people. Quit trying to tell people and show them where they're wrong. You're no different. You are no different. And the sooner you get it, the better, the better off you'll be. It's for us to love God, right? And love your neighbor and let God do the cleaning. But when you're living right, you're giving them excellent examples on how and what they need to do and be. Amen. All right. Verse number seven. Now I pray to God that you do that you do no evil. Paul's right there, Selah. Now I pray to God that you do no evil. He didn't say himself that you do no evil. See, because remember, you're always checking you out. And you pray for other people in areas that they fall short and don't do it in their face. Unless you have to. <laughs> but don't do it in their face. Do it privately. So you don't offend them. That they do not do no evil. Period. Again, you know I'm going there. I cannot tell you how many times I've seen so many evil people at church. The meanest people I've ever seen in this entire world is in the church building. That's sad. Because when people come to the church, that's why church hurt is the worst hurt you could ever experience. Because you're expecting the people in the church building to have much better behavior. Well, that's the part where they fool people because they're no different than you and I. And if they're not exercising and examining themselves through the word of God, they're not, they're showing you where they live and what they're about. I don't care how sophisticated they are or pretend to be. God didn't tell you to be sophisticated. He wants us all delivered through the word of God. And your behavior is a major deal. And you know, we talk about behavior all the time. You can never let up on that. I'm sorry. You can never be too nice. Somebody was telling me, oh, you're just so nice and kind. I said, yeah, thank you. But I don't feel like it all the time. But that's when I got to fight even more to keep, to stay consistent. Right? Isn't that what integrity is? Staying consistent doing what's right because I need my light shining. Listen, none of you would be watching this program if God was not using me with an anointing on my life to be a blessing to your life. I'm so grateful for Facebook Live. I really am. Yes, I am. All right, because it brought a whole new audience in for our ministry. Okay, verse eight, for we can do nothing against the truth but for the truth. Isn't that something? But we can do nothing against the truth. The truth is the truth. The truth is the light. <laughs> That's the light. Uh, verse nine, for we are glad when we are weak and you are strong. And this also we pray that you may be made complete. 
You see how we got to keep praying for other people? And in that area, we now you show me and what we read where you have time to be evil and, and mean and nasty and, and setting people up to fail. When, 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 did, when do you have time for that, for what we just read? I'm waiting. All right, time's up. You don't never have time for that. And if you're supporting that, that kind of bad behavior with, toward other people at your church, on your job, in your home, you are wrong. There is no time for evil in your life. So I shared with the guy that I was telling you that's having problems with his spouse. I just kept giving him the word of God. I said, you're going to have to keep exercising the word of God in your life and trust in God. I said, because what happens here, he's frustrated because he's not getting his way. This guy loves his wife so much. Excuse me. This guy loves his wife so much. And for the, all these years that he don't want to do nothing to harm her. And he can't understand why would you be so evil toward me? And he said evil and mean. That's a, that's a lot. That's a lot. Evil and mean. You don't need to be that way. That is not a requirement of God for your life. You shouldn't be doing that. You should be doing what? Loving the Lord with all your heart and your neighbor as yourself. You should be loving. Or maybe because you love you. Oh, you love you. Yes, you do. But God is trying to groom you into loving correctly. And you know a lot of people don't like being corrected. They don't like it. All right. Uh, verse 10. Therefore, I write these things being absent. Least being present, I should use sharpness according to the authority which the Lord has given me for edification and not for destruction. There you go. We should always be building up one another. We should never be tearing down nobody. Never doing that. I had a guy I went to the store the, uh, yesterday. Uh, yeah, I think it was yesterday. And the guy, well, he said, can I have some change? And I told him, I told him, sorry. Uh, and I didn't, I had no change on me. <laughs> I, I did in the car, but I didn't have it on me. <laughs> well, I, I got to be mindful of that now. I have to be mindful of, you know, the Holy Spirit guiding me, you know. Um, pe people, people are... We donate a lot. Um, we do a lot of uh, donating, my wife and I, to, and our church, uh, different organizations that we help out um, financially and physically to uh, help people like him. And I didn't have no extra food or nothing to give to him. And, you know, you got to be careful today because uh, there's some people that do that and they have weapons on them. So you got to be real careful. My wife asked me to be careful too. So I have to be, so this is where you stay protected through God. He'll let you know that spirit in the individual, if it's safe to do that. So I, I figured I can get him something once I left, I came back out of the store and he was gone. I said, okay, thank you, Lord. All right. So it's for the edification. All right. And not destruction. So this is why we're all, so when people ask you, how you doing? Just say, I'm moving forward. 
everything's moving forward and you keep it like that. All right. Because you're, you're not looking back on those things behind you, but you're always pressing toward the mic of the, of the mark of the high calling in Christ Jesus. Always. All right. Now, verse 11. Finally, brethren. Now, this is a specific group of people. All right. That has accepted the Lord as a personal savior. Finally, brethren, everybody is not your brother. I know you like to say, what's up, bro? Good to see you, man. Peace and love. Everybody's not your brother. Be careful who you call your brother and your sister. Be careful because everybody's not. Everybody does not have your best interests at heart. There's some people that love doing evil. They live for it. I had a, I had a lady that was my mother's age. And I grew up really respecting this lady and, and, and her family such a great deal. And when I was two, two years old, my dad had cancer, and stomach cancer, and it ran through his body. And my dad lived for, with cancer for 20 years. And he still provided well for my family and I. You know, I needed nothing growing up. And I come from a family of 10. And my dad provided really well, bills paid on time, no bill collectors, no nothing. And this lady had a nerve to ask me, how did we make it? Now, this lady never came to our house or nothing. She had no idea that, as far as I know, that my parents were feeding a lot of people in the community, a lot of people. My mom would buy people school clothes or clothes or swing sets and just, you know, my mom did a lot of things for a lot of people. And we never talked about it. And this lady said, I don't know how you made it. He said, but you and your family, you guys did so well for yourselves. Well, this lady was, and I found out that this lady, uh, because I didn't know her childhood life, but she enjoys inflicting pain and being evil toward people. I didn't know it. I found that out. I said, Lord, what is it about her? And you never know how God is going to answer your prayers. And then I found out that, well, they struggled. And these people that sold liquor illegally when she was growing up, well, that family always fixed extra, a lot of extra food every day and took it to their house, to their home, to that lady's home, so that her and her family could eat. And she was embarrassed behind that, and she didn't know I knew that. And I, and when she came back at me, I put that right, I threw that right in her face. I said, "Well, such and such family, they sure did make sure they fed you and your family. Remember that?" And I never had a problem again out of that person. Was I mean? Was I nasty? Nope. But I nipped it in the bud. I said, thank you, Lord, for showing me that. Because now that person has to respect me. They stopped speaking for a while, but then they started speaking because they knew they were wrong. And how would I know that? And this person's a good 50 years older than me. Easy. And, and, I, and I was always respecting them. But they were throwing shots. And I didn't like it because my dad had cancer and, and I got teased sometimes, you know, and now, you know, people are very sympathetic toward people like that. And when we were going through it, it wasn't it wasn't easy to see your dad suffer. You know, it was sometimes my dad would go in a hospital for a couple of weeks, you know, and, you know, thank God that, you know, he, he was a military man. And, uh, the, you know, the, the VA and all that. So I thank God for that. But, you know, people don't know. 
That's why you should not practice evil toward people because you don't know what they're dealing with and what's going on. And, and, it, and I said to the lady, I said, mm -hmm. I said, yeah, well, how, how about, you know, I better not say that because <laughs> I got some more ammo. Listen, you better leave God's people alone because you don't know what God reveals to them and show them about you that they need to know to shut you down. Jesus did the same thing. And I'll give you an example since I had to go there. All right. Since I went there that when they found in the New Testament, when they found that woman that was in adultery with another man, they bought the woman before Jesus, not the man, but the woman. And they were supposed to stone her to death by law. And Jesus knelt down in the sand and wrote something with his finger and said, ye or you who without sin cast the first stone. And the Bible says all you hear was stones dropping. Then people were ready to stone her to death. And when Jesus did that and everybody left, he said, now, woman, go and sin no more. So you see how we're not supposed to do evil? Listen, but Jesus loved her. And that woman, listen, you ain't hear nothing else. Go and sin no more. Where are your accusers? Same thing, folks. I, I did the same thing to that lady. The Holy Spirit gave me what to say. I said it, and look, and, and look, I never had no more problems out of her. Thank you, Lord. See, vengeance is God's. You just don't know how he's going to do it. How would I know how to shut a person 50 years older than me down when I've always given them respect, and they were disrespecting me? And I said, boy, oh, boy, okay. Oh, boy, whew, I'm Oh, boy, oh, boy, here, I've been going here. Let's go to Philippians chapter 1. I believe that's the next uh, next one over. All right, Philippians chapter 1. And let's read verses 27 and 28. Philippians chapter 1, 27 and 28 verses. Only let your conduct, there you go again. You see how that's there? Your conduct, listen, Never get away from good behavior. You should always be practicing that. Amen. Does that make sense? Hey, I see my girl, little Lisa on here. What's up, my Italian friend? Hey, look, we always practice being kind to each other. Am I right, Lisa? You tell them, girl. You know it's right. We just always practice being kind. We can clown. We can laugh and joke, but it's always respectful. Amen. All right. I just wanted to put that out there because I got some proof. <laughs> Amen. I Listen, and I have a theory. I don't never need to know what makes you mad. As long as I'm respecting you, it's none of my business. And that's how I've managed my life for a lot of years. I don't need to know what ticks you off. But if I respect you and give you love, that should be plenty. I don't need to know nothing else. All right, verse 27. Only let your conduct be worthy of the gospel of Christ. If I stop right there, that's a big one. That is a big one. Only. So where does evil play a part? The one that controls the mind controls the body. I hope you don't have an evil mind. I hope that you not have not been feeding on your battlefield the evil part that tries to plague your mind. I hope you're allowing the word of God to get into your mind 
And that's what you're exercising. Because whatever you exercise is what's going to show. You can't see my six pack and my big, my big muscles, right? Don't be clowning me either. <laughs> hey, look. <laughs> Just joking. But look. What you exercise is what's going to show. Make sense? The Lord is opening doors for us. The Lord is opening doors for our ministry. And we're about to walk into something really big and beautiful and powerful. And when it happens, I will reveal it to you. But I am so excited. I just can't say it right now. I'm so excited about it. And only our conduct will be worthy of the gospel of Christ. And because of the spirit of God that's on us in our conduct, it's opening doors for us in our ministry. And look, we run a, run a church. This is a lot of money, a lot of time. And, and your conduct as always has to be perfect. Has to be. There's no room for error. Because you got too many people looking for wrong about you already anyway. Especially when they know you're a Christian. That's why I don't go around advertising on Pastor Night. Nope. They see something different about you. Look, people be cussing and carrying on and fussing and all that. I don't say nothing. I treat them like, and they find out you're a pastor. Like, why did you say something? Because I want you to like me for me, not my title. Okay. The B clause to verse 27. So that whether I come and see you or in absent, I may hear of your affairs that you stand fast in one spirit, not all over the place, in one spirit. Now, let me say lie right there. Let me pause. That's why I shared with you the other day. When somebody mentioned to me, says, gee, Knight, man, you sure do make it hard for a brother the way you be putting your wife on a pedestal, man. I said, listen, I'm not married to nobody else. I've never been married before. Uh, and, and I just had an itch on my ear. It wasn't no joke. Um, and, and I don't plan on getting married again. <laughs> Unless my wife passes away first. And then that's still a question mark. I, I may not want to do that. You know, again. But I'm going to enjoy the ride. I signed up for us to work together as one. To love each other. To respect each other. And, and for us to have a good time every day and do you know that's a choice that is a choice and they say man does this guy have flaws yes i do i got a lot of flaws my wife knows my flaws but we don't throw them in each other's faces we allow us to grow in wherever area that we're growing up in because why we need to be of one spirit and that's the spirit of love the spirit of unity the spirit of respect the spirit of honor, all right? Listen, and the more that we do that, the better off we are. And can we fuss and argue and fight like anybody else? Do we choose to do it? Nope. No, we don't have room for that. Because once you say something, you cannot take it back. I don't care who you are. And that person will never forget it. And you don't know what that does to that person inside that rips them apart. They may not say it and they may function like everything's all right, but it rips them apart. 
because you said the wrong thing. You cannot take back what you say. I don't care if you say, well, that's just how I am and I got a, a big mouth anyway. No, you control that. The one that controls the mind controls the body. You control all your facilities. You control that. God has given every man and woman the ability to do that. But you need the word of God to get in you to help control that. Amen. All right now. Okay. I'm just getting you read it in the book, right? It's in the book. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um, okay. Now, let me read 27 again from the beginning. Only let your conduct be worthy of the gospel of Christ. So that whether I come and see you or am absent, I may hear of your affairs that you stand fast in one spirit with one mind, <laughs> striving together for the faith of the gospel and not in any way terrified by your adversaries, which is to them a proof of perdition, but to you of salvation and that from God. It separates the men from the boys, if I could say that. You, you, it will separate you from your enemies, your good conduct, your one mind, your one spirit, through the word of God. And that reputation will follow you. In fact, that reputation will go before you. It will go before you and people will talk wonderful things about you when you do this. Now, as this happens to you and while you're doing this, what happens here is it opens doors for you. That's what it's doing for our ministry right now. God is opening doors for us. Uh, a, a, a lot of nice doors and we're just waiting for direction for the right one to walk into. And let me tell you, I am so grateful because why? Our reputation is exceeding us. And I'm grateful for that. Whew. I got to call a friend of ours, uh, Judge Rutherford in, um, in Florida, passed away today. Uh, actually, yes, last night. And um, so, you know, we might have to go to Florida to do a, a funeral. Judge Rutherford is a real nice person. Um, and just keep the Rutherford family in, in prayer. Amen. Keep the, and also the Clark family, another funeral, uh, right? As I shared, I believe the funeral is going to be on next week, I believe. And also for the Cabrera family, all right? I believe uh, the mother passed away uh, today, all right? I believe, uh, the, uh, yeah, I believe it was today. So they're making arrangements, so Please keep the Cabrera family in prayer also. All right. Uh, look, we are going to stop right there because I do have another scripture to go to. But let's stop right there. Amen. We'll stop right there. And and we might pick that up on Sunday or not. We'll see. If Christ come back, probably not. <laughs> Most likely not. But we'll see. And, 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 and please let me know if this series has been helping you. All right. If it's good for you, please put those your your remarks on Facebook, the positive remarks. All right. Let society, let the world see. All right. If Christ Community Church is being a blessing to you. 
All right. And thank you. Listen, we are, uh, like I say, we're so excited. We're looking to do more and to get into more. Uh, boy, oh boy, I'm telling you that God is just blessing. Hey, Denise Thomas, I, I, you guys look like y'all had a great time in Florida or on vacation. And I seen the pictures of Disney and all that. God bless you guys. That's such a beautiful when family can enjoy one another and, and peace and harmony. Hey, listen, all this starts by inviting Christ Jesus into your life. Romans 10, 9 and 10 says, uh, thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in thine heart that Christ has been raised from the dead thou shalt be saved for with the mouth confession is made unto righteousness all that starts by inviting Christ in maybe you did and you went back on your word Jesus said he's married to the backslider he said you left me I didn't leave you so repeat after me and, and invite Christ in and let's get to work Let's let's turn that absent right into a verb. All right. So that the spirit of God gets in us and we and, and listen and we can control our mind better so that we can control our body and all of our actions and everything is of the Lord and we offend no one. Amen. And we work together one spirit, one mind on one accord, always moving forward. Amen. Say, so listen, so repeat after me, say, Lord Jesus, I ask you to come into my heart. I receive you as my Savior, Master, and Lord. Satan, you no longer have a stronghold on me in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. Heaven rejoices when one soul gets saved, and so do I. Thank you for chiming in. Please share this on your page. I appreciate all the ones that do and all the ones that continue to follow. All right. And even our silent partners, I thank you as well. Believe me, you're appreciated. Um, I'm glad that you're silent and that you're enjoying your privacy and you're receiving the word of God in privacy. See how awesome God is? How convenient is that? Amen. Love you. Pray that if, if Christ don't come back, see you on Sunday morning at 10 a.m.